When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Winning Plays Podcast on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider for the NBA's winningest franchise. Welcome back to the Winning Plays Podcast and B-Rob. I not, I not that I have enjoyed, like really loved the last few months doing this, just you and I, but there felt like there was a little something missing it, from this podcast. I agree. <laughs> completely agree. And it, it feels so good. Michael Pina is, is here. Um, he's been able to take a couple months to take in the full off-season makeover to kind of take harness it in give us this fresh hot takes but we are we are reunited and it feels so good mike how are you doing i'm back i feel great <laughs> fax it over um this is <laughs> yeah exactly uh no this is awesome you know i haven't seen your your beautiful faces in so long and so this is a real treat for me so thank you for for blessing me with them i want i'm gonna bless you and welcome you back with a question that i was just it came up in a conversation i was having earlier today let's say we are drafting redrafting the rosters celtics and hawks Uh-oh. yeah <laughs> so first of all number one pick obviously i need to know second question is how many hawks do you pick before you pick your third celtic so who's your, so who, who's the first pick i mean it's really trey or Trey or Jason? I, I think it's still safely Jason. Safely. Um, oh, I would. Yeah. It's safely. Yeah. Safely if defense is if, yeah. if defense is a consideration, and it's very safely Jason Tatum. Um, hmm. But I think your second question about the how many Hawks get picked before the the third Celtic does that's uh, that's a little bit of a a hairier question for uh, to answer there. Uh, that is, that's tough. I mean, first pick for me is still, it's still Tatum. I think second would be Trey Young. Third would be Jalen. And then, yeah, it gets, I mean, are we, we're talking about building a team, right? Yes. Yeah. Not just, just, not, not just best okay. player necessarily. Okay. So like who do you need, you have... right? You need a Capella. You like, you can start the whole. Uh, right. I mean, I'm trying to think now who would even be my number three on the Celtics. <laughs> That's another good question. <laughs> right? That's. I, I think it's, I mean, and the first player that popped in my head is smart. Would you guys agree with that? Or am I. Without thinking about it for more than five seconds, smart is definitely the. Yeah. At this point, which is scary for the Celtics. But right. Yeah. That, that's who I think it might be. By default. Okay, or a guy so that then, we'll talk about later, but. Yeah. Okay. So then I have. Okay, DeAndre Hunter, I would put ahead of Smart. Um, I mean, John Collins. John Collins. Bo- I mean, Bogey. Bogey, I would put ahead of Smart, too. Bogey. Uh, Herder? I mean, I'm just like... Yeah. <laughs> how, how far it's down crazy. we go here? It's a crazy... It's a crazy I mean, they have, such a good, they have such a good roster. It's like Kevin Herder, um, or exciting for this type of exercise, like Cam Reddish, uh, Onyeka Kongwu was just like incredible in the conference finals for like five minutes. And I fell in love with them. Um, I did a, uh, on open floor yesterday, we ranked all the teams in the Eastern conference and way too early to do that exercise, by the way. I don't think but, 
Okay, thank you. I appreciate it because everyone else was yelling at me. Um, And I had the Hawks in third place in the East this upcoming season. I'm just really, really high on them. Where did you have the Celtics? Milwaukee and Brooklyn won two, though, real quick. Brooklyn one, Milwaukee two, Hawks three, Heat four, five Celtics, six Sixers. And then I honestly forget where I went from there. So you actually are high in the – you're high in the Celtics, though, if you have them at five, given this offseason. I am. I, I am. I am. Um, a lot of it, the argument, I don't want to, like, get to – I feel like we're already going off the rails here, but – You just did a whole podcast on this. We're, we're talking, like, five, first five minutes. Okay. <laughs> but the reason why I'm high on the Celtics um, is – and I could be wrong about this, of course, but – I look at the roster and I feel like their defense will be substantially better than it was last season. And they can put lineups on the floor where there's no weak link. So in the regular season, if you have a really good defense and they can like set your floor as a team, that's just an advantage night to night when you're going through back to backs and you're going on these road trips, et cetera. So I like that for them. And, and Ennis Cantor ruins this whole theory of mine. So hopefully <laughs> he's out of the rotation or something. But um, if you just name, go down the list of guys who you think will be in the rotation playing big minutes, they're all plus or average defenders. There's no significant weak link as you had with Kyrie, as you had with Kemba, et cetera. So I think that's a positive. I think that everything that happened last year was a worst case scenario. There won't be Jason Tatum getting COVID. Uh, hopefully there won't be Jalen Brown getting hurt um, and uh, all these other injuries and loss of time from players uh, due to health and safety protocols. Uh, there's a new head coach who has preached ball movement as a fundamental tenant of the offense, which was one of the bigger problems with last year's team. And a lot of the young guys last year who weren't ready, I anticipate being maybe not, you know, superstars or anything like that, but I think they'll be ready to contribute in a meaningful way. So that's my case for the Celtics when I have them at five. Do you feel like they could use another little point card right now to get there? Um, this, is a, this is a good segue. I like a, it. Um, per- I know what you're doing. A, a bit of a bargain basement um, <laughs> addition, really quick, perhaps. Really quick, when you said that, I know where we're going to go with this, but my first thought is Sharif Cooper. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> that, 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 I'm still upset about that. And I, I mean, maybe we'll talk about this. Like I'm actually kind of excited about the, the guy they took instead of Sharif Cooper, but while watching Sharif Cooper in that first game against the Celtics did nothing to quell my pain over passing over him. At the end did, of that didn't Magar, Madar strip him a couple of times though? I don't care. Maybe he did. <laughs> we'll get, we'll get I would, I'd rather have Yam than, than Sharif, but I, I don't know. The highlights of Sharif were, were worth a couple of yams. Everyone's going to get yammed, by the way. <laughs> Two months into the season, you know, Sharif being the first will be the first of many. Okay. But this is how I, I know you're going to talk about Dennis Schroeder right now. Yes. And you yes. reported, were you you the first to report? I wasn't the, the first to report. I was one among many. There was a lot of Schroeder buzz last week, but I, I confirmed that there is an offer out there for him um, for the mid level right now on a year. And whether taxpayer, right? Yeah, I mean, I think that I wasn't able to hammer down the exact amount, but obviously taxpayer would be definite. And then, you know, with another trade, they could open it up to, you know, the, the, the non-taxpayer, which would be nine and a half. But that would involve moving um, 
your boy Chris Dunn or, or something else. So we'll mm-hmm. get to that in a second. But but Schroeder, I do want to talk about with you guys from this standpoint. Mm-hmm. And we and Rich and actually we we talked about it Friday. I think you brought up Rich uh, proactively started the the tidal wave towards. Um, I did. Did you cite me in your report? I should have cited you. I was like first brought up by Rich Levine on the winning place pod. Um, <laughs> but does this make? I mean, the money makes sense, obviously, if it's for close to nothing. But just in terms of like where, like as a maybe a a guy to block the development of other younger guys on the roster, does he make sense, or do you just want him in here to maybe help compete a little bit in the East next year, and maybe he's a long term solution if you end up, you know moving smart or something else like that. Well, that. That's one question. Is he, is there a chance, Mike, you think he's in, the, he could be in the long-term plans? Like if you just get him here, here that first time, or is he a guy that's just going to take the biggest contract if he plays well enough to want to, to want to keep him around? I, I don't foresee him being in the long-term plans unless, you know, the Celtics are forced to pivot away from their obvious plan A. Um and which is, you know, keeping all that flexibility for Brad Beal or maybe even Zach Levine. I don't know. Um, but uh, like, you know, an all-star caliber player. Um, so, yeah, like and, and one of the I saw on Twitter this morning, one of the, the points of contention for Schroeder was that he wants a player option on that second season. I'm like, if he wants a player option with this little amount of money, give it to him. He's opting right. out like right. it doesn't. Right. Bargain torn ACL. He's gonna opt out. Like, yeah. So, and at that money, like, you could just work a buyout. You could uh, get off it very easily. Like, I don't. Who cares if there's a player option on five million dollars? That's just nothing. Um. So, but no, I don't think he would necessarily be a part of the long term plans. Uh. I. I. I think he wants to be a starter somewhere. I don't think he's good enough to be a starter on a very good team. And so there's kind of that push and pull with him and wherever he lands up. But no, I. And that's I why I don't want, that's why I'm kind of like, all right, with not having anything to do with that. You know what I mean? Like if maybe if, if, if and again, I know Mike, you're just giving your, your perception right now. You don't, you haven't spoken to Brad about this, but like assuming that he's not going to be part of the, the big picture, you know, that like for, for a guy who has a history of being such an, I would say I'm a D bag when he's, when he's not happy and the potential mm-hmm. to not be happy. If he has greater aspirations that are maybe going to be afforded while he's in Boston. And especially like you said, B Rob, when he would be taking minutes away from, I don't know if it's Pritchard, if it's developing Romeo more with the ball in his hand. And, and again, th- that's also a, <laughs> the Celtics accepting that maybe they're not contending this year, but if they're not, and, and Pina, like you said, like if, if the, the game plan is still to just, hope that Bradley Beal and Jason Tatum have had the conversation and Jason's had the conversation with Brad and that that's going to happen. Like, I don't see a reason to take a chance on a, on a Dennis Schroeder. He's not going to make a contender, even the best case scenario. He wouldn't, I wouldn't mind seeing what a different point guard looks like next to Tatum Brown though. That's like not smart. Um, just to see what it looks like. And we know that's smart. You can move smart to the two in this scenario and like start small and, like defensively when Schroeder wants to get after it, he can, like, as we saw in his OKC days uh, when they went, you know, three guards all the time of that group. Um, yeah. I mean, is he, he's probably not good enough to be a, a good starter, a starter on a very good team anymore. I'm not sure the Celtics are going to be a very good team next year, but um, it's also a situation where if he has a good year and you can flip him for something at the, the trade deadline proactively, it might even be worth it to that. But like you said, there is risk involved in terms of, you know, blocking 
the development of the younger guys um, for a guy that, you know, is probably going to be out the door after, after the year ends. I mean, I personally don't care about any of that. Like, I think you should get talent in the door if you can get talent in the door at a wonderful value, which yeah. is what this would be. So I don't even think twice about signing Schroeder. Um, and yeah, like he does make everything else a little bit easier for, you know, Marcus Smart won't be overextended as the starting point guard and, you know, Jalen Brown won't be overextended in a playmaking role. Um, even Tatum. And so like shooters good. Like if the Lakers were, were healthy last year, there's a possibility that he could be the starting point guard at an NBA champion. That's like a reality. Um, he's not like a pull-up three-point shooter, which is very different from Kemba and hasn't tradi- he's okay spot up from deep. Um, so off the ball, it'll be a little interesting, but no, I'm, I'm perfectly fine when you lose someone like Kemba Walker, who was pretty integral to how they played offensively when he was healthy, bringing in Schroeder, um, I think would be a big boon. And the other thing is you can't fall too far if you're the Celtics and you want to sign right. Brad Beal. Yeah. Like you can't, Brad's, if, you can't be behind the, the wizards. wizards are better. <laughs> exactly. If the Wizards are better, which I like a lot of the moves that the Wizards made this offseason, frankly. And if they hit with Spencer Dinwiddie, like look out if he's healthy. Um, but Brad Beal, who's preached loyalty to the Wizards, isn't going to like if the Wizards are the six seed all of a sudden. And this is like the best team he's ever played for in Washington. And the Celtics are the nine seed. I, I don't think he's necessarily going to be making that leap. So I wonder. Yeah. Let's hear from our sponsor, Bet Online, which is the fastest and easiest way to bet on your, all your sports action. We know baseball season's in full swing right now. They just got out of the all star break, but you can get odds on that. NBA offseason stuff, NHL, UFC, real-time updated odds and props, almost anything you can imagine. So before things get going, we know you want to make some summer league bets, Rich, too. So before you oh, do cool. that, of course. Yeah. head on over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and take advantage of the 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't sit on the sidelines. You can use the promo code CLNS50 to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. It's bet online, your online sports experts. But you would still say, even if even, <laughs> no, I was saying, you would still say, even if the Wizards have a great season, given the Celtics' core, you would still say that they're closer to winning a title, right? Yeah, I would say that. But if make the decision Brad Beal, yeah, I just think that if you're Brad Beal, who has said multiple times that he wants to stay in Washington. He wants to spend his entire career there. He just needs the organization to show him some, uh, some stability and some, I don't know, sense of like common sense and trading Russell Westbrook for the pieces that they did signing Spencer Dinwiddie. Like those were common sense moves that were actually, I think pretty good. So he might have suddenly a new turn of faith with the organization all of a sudden. And that you add that to the loyalty and everything that he's spoken about, like, yeah, I agree with you that Tatum and Brown are a better core, but maybe he just wants to stay put and be the guy and see where the next, you know, three, four, five years of his career leads him in Washington. Yeah. And that is, and you look at the rest of these too, you know, even if Washington doesn't have a great year, if the Celtics are like the eighth or the ninth seed after going to next year, if with some bad injury luck or just, you know, none of the young guys step up, um, then again, your case to Beal 
is gets a lot tougher. So I already I already told you that they're going to be the fifth seed though. So I know. Well, I was just thinking true. that. Yeah, <laughs> my mistake. Um, but yeah, we edited that whole conversation out. Yeah, <laughs> we're fine. Well, we'll say ceiling's fifth, floor is ninth, and where they fall on there could have a dramatic impact in terms of how they just look entering 2022 free agency. But all right. So we got two yays on Schroeder. We got one nay from Rich. I can easily be talked into it. You can eat, so you're like that's half. just my thought right now. Yeah. No, I guess. Yeah. I mean, it's a Mike's point too. Like none of the young guys on this roster have shown enough promise. I feel like yet where you have to say like, we, we don't want to sign someone for cheap to give you guys opportunity because they're, like I said, like they're, Development's important, but these guys need to show they deserve minutes, and they'll still be able to get minutes if Schroeder's here. There's still enough playing time available off the bench because outside of Richardson, there's really not much there at this point. Um, but at the same time, you can't – if it doesn't clog up your future options, you can't, like, you know, you can't hand minutes to, to Neesmith, Langford, and Neesmith and be like, no matter what, you guys, you know, you guys got this. Like, that's – I don't think that's a great plan either. I'm ready for, for, for knees to, to get a more consistent role. I think, I think he's right. I mean, he's going to have to obviously impress Ime, you know what I mean? Like, it's not like, like what, what he did last year will, will be less meaningful than if Brad was still the coach, but I think he's in a position. He looks bigger. Have you, have you you've seen him up close to summer league B-Rob? Like he seems yeah. bigger to me. Like he's got that year in the NBA body. Yeah. He looked again. Yeah. He was very, I feel like lanky at the beginning of last year. Um, but yeah, I agree. Like he's, he's more built out now and, Hopefully that strength kind of translates well. Um, and, and some yeah, of that's we'll... compared to the other kids that are now just coming right. into the league who haven't had that year. But he does look, yeah, noticeably bigger. He's no uh, bigger own um, in terms of in, like that guy looks like he's built for the NBA already. Um, By the way, I've heard I'm hearing some good things about him from from inside. Uh, inside the practice inside practice sources. Oh yeah, what it, what it was off of the Mass Pike. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Apparently he so he's. He's a great defender, yeah. From what I hear, a very willing defender. Um, I guess someone apparently there's, there's an interview on Celtics.com right now that they did. I don't know if it's up where they asked him like what they think the best part of his game is. And yeah. His response is, "I like to steal the ball." <laughs> he did. He did the end of the summer league game to, to clinch the win against the Hawks. So yeah, Marcus Smart is his favorite player apparently. And he hit. Like, sorry, this phone's gonna stop in a sec. But. uh yeah, and he hit two two threes, right? In that in that first yep. in that first league. If he can hit corner threes, I'm not what okay. This is a, a pie in the sky. <laughs> He's gonna be um, great in two or three years on this team. That'll be it just going. turned what 18 or 19? 19. So yeah. Um I'm hearing good things. All right, that's good to know. That's the winning play scoop right there. Um, Mike, you watched two minutes of Yamadar highlights. We do we need to fit in a couple minutes of summer league talk here after after that. Um I know you want to see Chris Dunn as a Celtic next year, but Yamadar might have, you know, might not let that happen. Um, are you buying in on the Yamadar hype? But first, Mike, did you know, do you know Yam's nickname? Did you hear that part? Oh, yeah. No, is- no, I haven't. So I, earlier this summer, I spoke to Joe Alexander, you know, the former Bucks. Uh, oh, my Jeff. goodness. Yeah. Wow. Who's, been play- who's been playing in Israel for the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. He tells me Yamadar's nickname is the shitty kid. The shitty kid? Because apparently he's, and you saw this a little bit, I don't know if you did, but he has insane amounts of confidence, insane amounts of swagger. 
And apparently, like, no matter who he went up against, no matter who it was, and he was this, he was a kid playing in Israel at this point, he treated them shitty. He treated, whoever the opponent was, he didn't back down. He treated that opponent shitty. And I'm sure there's some Hebrew translation at, at work here, but his nickname is the shitty kid. Now I want to hear what, what you think about That's him. wonderful. No, I, I love that. Um, I, okay, so I did see the highlights. Um, there was a floater that looked pretty. Uh, there was, I mean, he hit, uh, his jumper looks pretty nice. The form looks good. Um, yeah, I mean, as I said to you guys uh, via text beforehand, I'm just, I'm all in on Chris Dunn and Chris Dunn's my guy. And I think that he's well, a- Make the case for Chris Dunn then right now because people forget about what he can do when he's when he's healthy. Okay, so- Two years ago in 2019-20 season, he was maybe the best um, on-ball defender at his position in the entire NBA. Uh, Heard his yes with Chicago. Uh, like all the advanced numbers were all about it. The on-off numbers, um, the percentage of his points scored off turnovers, primarily because he was just like destroying guys and living in passing lanes and just picking people's pockets and going the other way um, was through the roof and, and like the high the NBA has seen had seen in like five, six, seven years or something like that. I spoke to him the night that he, for a story, the night that he uh, hurt his knee in Brooklyn. So that was just terrible. And I had to write a story about a guy who like was going to be out for weeks. Um, oh, but you, you spoke before, to him before, beforehand and then he like, went out literally, literally 15 minutes before um so what did you do with that article how did you how did you work around i just wrote i i I wrote it we were like gonna wait to see how long he was gonna be out and i don't know um but we ran it like when he was hurt and yeah anyway (laughs) (laughs) um but no he's just like he's just really good when healthy on the defensive end and there's offensive issues for sure and his jumper has never really come around but he just has energy and activity and I, I just like him a lot. And um, I'm really glad the Celtics did not draft him initially out of hmm. Providence because they got, was that the Jalen draft, right? Yeah, that was Jalen. Yes. Yeah. I remember. I, yeah. I did not want Chris Dunn. I wanted, I don't know who I actually, I, I think I wanted um dragon bender that year, which is why I don't run an NBA team. Wait, was that the Jonathan Isaac draft or no? No, t- Isaac was Tatum. Oh, okay. Yeah. I also wanted um, Isaac over Tatum. I, me- I remember that. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But I've kind of lost track of Dunn's injuries. Is, is it like consistent? Has it been his knee consistently or has it been all sorts of different? No, I think he had surgery on his ankle in the preseason and that just like destroyed the whole year for him. Um, and then I think there might have been a shoulder, but I can't. I might just be making that up. So, um, yeah. But when healthy, <laughs> He's really good and he's not that old. I think he's older than a lot of people would think because of uh, when he entered the league, but I don't know. I, I like him. I think he's a, he's a rotation player on a pretty good team and no disrespect to Yam, the shitty kid. Um, but I like Chris Dunn more. Well, so would you rather have him over Schroeder? Because it's like, I feel like there's not room for both of those guys on this roster probably. Um, and smart at least and Pritchard well what is Carson Edwards still on the roster no like, Carson Edwards is gone in that scenario I guess 
can we? <laughs> I'm getting really sad. I'm still playing uh, Summer League. I know. I know why he's still playing Summer League. Yeah. Um, I, this is kind of a, a little of a tangent here, but like, I don't know. Like the Matisse Thibel for Carson Edwards trade. Not great. And we trade away Desmond Bain. Desmond Bain's like the best player in Las Vegas right now. And then we have, I know, I understand like trading the pick to get off of Kemba's salary, even though he was willing to apparently lose $20 million or whatever it was in the buyout with Oklahoma City. But then you get rid of this dude, Shen Goon from Turkey, who I watch his game, his debut with Houston. And he just looks like he's going to be like a multiple time all-star, like, I don't know. I'm a little frustrated. I'm not going to lie. I just want to get that off my chest because I haven't been here in a while. Been a bad couple of years. Feels good. I'm glad you're been good. A bit, yeah, it's, it's nice. Yeah. You, <laughs> Ryan's been filling your void in terms of the frustration front. Uh, well, in terms of that. But um, yeah, it's, uh, it's not great. Not great. As, as lucky and as perfectly like manipulated, the, you know, the previous, what would we call it, like six, seven years were maybe. Yeah. You know, before the Gordon injury, maybe we'll call it. Right. Um, it's been that bad. Yes. In the last two years, it's and like just you said, a tangled it, web of shittiness that sort of has all it worked out in the worst possible way. Like, and mm-hmm. before they were smart and got lucky, recently they have been dumb and gotten unlucky. Yeah. <laughs> and now they have very little margin for error. Uh, to they've Brad Stevens has tried to untangle the web um, of the stakes, and now. He really can't afford to make another one or two here. Um, and he honestly is kind of setting himself up by saying, I'm not even going to try to make one a big decision yet in terms of like making a, offering a big deal. So it's starting to, you need to start hitting on the fringes and stuff like that. And whether they can do that, I don't think NNNS Cantor standing is going to do that, but maybe a Josh Richardson and Chris Dunn reclamational project. Let's talk about Richardson real quick before wrapping up here. I actually like him a lot defensively and I liked him a lot of the heat. I know he has been, had a couple tough years, Mike. What, what, what's your read on him? I mean, if he looks like the guy who was in Miami, what was it three years ago now? Let's see, Dallas last yeah. year, Philly the year before that. Um, yeah, if he's that guy, he's awesome. Like, he can handle the ball. He can run pick and roll. He can hit spot up threes. He's super dynamic on defense. Um, and just like a really skilled player. Yeah, he's not like super old or anything like that either. So, I mean, I was a little surprised, honestly, when I saw that Dallas made that trade because they kind of didn't they stay above the cap? They ended up staying above the cap with I mean, I don't know the timing of all this, so it's kind of hard to say, but they want to clear cap space to get Kyle Lowry or get a free agent. They had a they were positioned to do so, but shouldn't they have like seen the tea leaves and realized that they weren't going to get anybody with their cap space. They didn't sign a point guard yet. I, I mean, the Gordon Dragic thing is unresolved for them, but they re-signed Tim Hardaway Jr. So I think they stayed it. They must've had to stay yeah, above. They're the above cap. the cap. Yeah. They didn't make and they use their signs. mid-level. They use their mid-level um, on Reggie Bullock. So they, yeah, they definitely had to have been above the cap. Um, it's almost like so they I don't fired understand. their whole front office uh, right after <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like before the off season. <laughs> <laughs> very fair um so i did not understand that because richardson even though he was out of the rotation in the playoffs uh you know last year some some players i feel like you got to throw last year out the window uh he had covid he had a bad case of covid um so i think he's he can be really good for this i think offense. that's an interesting point i think there are going to be a lot of surprises a lot a lot of bargains to be had 
based on just what not even uh, not even just last year the last two years just been so crazy for so many people and let's hope that it's going to be pretty close to normal by the time this this next season uh rolls around um but yeah i think there could be a lot of surprises and you do your homework if you get lucky like we said it's always a big part of it like there could be some good some good bargains and contracts to be had mm-hmm. and don't forget the maps got moses brown out of that deal so i mean he'll be putting up 2020s for them for the rest of the they have a lot of centers. Boban. They do have a lot of centers on the roster. I that was probably just more about the Celtics dumping some money um, while bringing Bruno Fernando, who was making a summer league debut today, by the way. So get so hot off the presses. Guys, hot off the presses. That. Yeah, as he's building his trade value in real time during uh, summer league play. Wait, he's, a, he's playing in summer league. He's I know playing you in summer league. Him. Yeah. Interesting. So. Okay, cool. Big thanks for the rest right. of the week. He was on the Hawks last year, yeah? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he actually played his rookie year a lot, and then obviously he was buried last year because they got Capella and other good players to play ahead of him um, in the front court. So we'll see. We'll see. But the Celtics didn't have really a center on this whole roster, so we'll actually get to see a center uh, next to uh, Neesmith and Lankford and company. And you're um, the center on our roster, Mike. That's right. The, I mean, is that a compliment? What is I that? I know. I was just trying to transition back to, okay, what we're <laughs> as we're gonna go out as we came in. I don't know. I'm sure I could work. I could if I thought about it for two minutes. I will. I'll text you later what what that means. Okay. Yeah. Um, thanks for coming back. This was fun. This was fun. Always happy to be here. I was um, thinking about the one we did in Vegas a couple of years ago when we were all sitting around the uh, the restaurant. The, yes. The diner table in the casino. Yeah, do you remember the, what our, our waitress's name was? Fuck, do you? No, I, no, oh. I have a terrible memory. I have <laughs> no chance. But she oh, made man. an appearance. Long-time oh, listeners will remember, yeah. I think that might have been close to our most listened to podcast ever. I'm not joking about that. We were talking about Tatum versus Lonzo Ball at Summer League, and that was like the hype oh. of the world. That when the, the, they I hope I said up. smart things. Right, right, right. <laughs> like, My last question for Pina, so we can maybe get some of that bump. Uh, is Jello going to be on on the Hornets roster? <laughs> uh, I mean, they cut one of the um, the Martins win. The Martins, I yeah. Saw that. I was like, I was like, that's it's interesting. Yep. I don't know. You know, I always wonder real quick, like if you're a, an identical twin, and they are hardcore identical twins, um, couldn't they just like live together and like? alternate going into the practice facility and that's not the only thing you could alternate (laughs) sure that's true rich that is true that's absolutely true um but they could both just play on the team and no one would know i don't i don't know it would at least be an interesting experiment just one day i don't know what's is caleb and cameron is is that cody cody yeah cody and caleb i wonder if you could go i mean i think if like if it was marcus and uh and markeith i think they could pull it off pretty easily i mean the identical tattoos and all that um brook and brook and uh, robin obviously went their separate ways but uh i don't know i couldn't i don't know i, I don't know i can't tell the difference between either of them that sounds like a story idea mike for you to dive into for si this year you pitch it to twins that are cheating yeah like pitch it to the pitch it to them pitch it to everyone who stayed there be like hey we're just gonna we're gonna try this. Send your brother into practice today. The yeah, untold story. Yeah, I'll consider it. <laughs> All cool. right. Well, make sure you check out Mike on the Open Floor Pod at SI. You guys still twice a week. You guys playing those out right now? Still. Mm-hmm. Still. Nice. All throughout the off season. 
So keep it going. Keep it going. Doing great work there. Um, Rich, have fun at the Red Sox game tonight. First time at family. Fenway in like, I want to say close to like six, seven years. I'm excited. All right. So we'll break that down on the next Winning Plays pod. Mm-hmm. Um, Red course. Sox in turmoil. I'll be and live tweeting. I'll be live tweeting the game. Good. If anyone wants to follow along. <laughs> uh, hit us up at Winning Plays pod on Twitter. Uh, you can check us out on YouTube as well if you want to see our ugly mugs. And we will uh, be back with you guys probably later in the week for a little summer league wrap up and maybe see if they get another little point guard on the roster here.